We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, and so my man over there, Vince D'Addario, football analyst at IrishBreakdown.com. I'm Brian Driscoll, the publisher, and it's prediction time, Vince. But yes. for us, you know, we can't just come on here and just, all right, here's our score. Peace out, everybody. We got to lead up to it because we still have some final breakdowns and analysis that we have to do about this game, and that is what today is going to be all about, is really to putting the final touches on this matchup and then giving our prediction. And our predictions are, are somewhat close. We were somewhat close. I thought about making you change yours because it was too close to mine, but then I'm like, well, I'd be rude. Uh, <laughs> so I decided not to do that. But, you know, but Vince, normally every week we start this show off with a what's at stake in this game. And and I want to go a different angle because I think what's at stake is easy, right? Notre Dame's still playing for New Year's Six Bowl. Potentially, Absolutely. if there's as much chaos in the final five weeks as there was in the first seven or eight, uh, you know, potentially a run at a playoff spot. I think right now, more realistically, is is yes. you know you're you're at least battling for that New Year's Six, and you have to keep winning to get there. Then, if you keep winning and winning the way that you need to win, and some craziness right. happens, because right now Notre Dame is not control of their own destiny when it comes to the playoff. New way, they need a lot of other stuff to happen. They are in control of their own destiny when it comes to the New Year's Six Bowl, in my opinion. Okay, and so that's really where. The focus is, and that's kind of easy. It is what it is. There's, there, you know, they have to win out to be there. Right. For me, what's more important from a bigger picture is I think in this game, we're going to learn a lot about Notre Dame. And that's really what we want to dive into today. But before we do, my man JP Buhlsfeld has decided he does not want to be released from <laughs> his uh, offer to help always support us. And, and JP, we appreciate it so incredibly much. Uh, JP with the super chat, he says, I challenge everyone that is enjoying the show today as much as I am to super chat $5 to support Irish breakdown. Thank you, JP. Thank you very much. Awesome. Vince, let's dive into this breakdown and let's let's first, before we kind of get into the specifics of this game, I want to took a little big picture and I feel like we're going to learn a lot about this team 
And we're going to come out of this game. So, like, when the USC game ended, it was like, okay, well, there's some good stuff in there, but let's yeah. see if it's going to continue. Yeah. And I think this is the game where we learn that. And if those things continue, then you feel like, okay, they're going in the right direction. And if these things don't continue, then it's going to be like, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a interesting final five games of the season. Yeah, no let's start. Let's start offensively, Vince. Okay. I think the first big thing we're going to find out in this game is are the, are the changes that they made last week were those USC-related changes, or is this a permanent thing where Notre Dame is finally saying, this is who this 2021 football team is, and we're going to roll with it? Right. I think that's the, the – we're going to learn that from the first series, yes, and we're going to see it through the whole game. I, and to be honest with you, I think I'm going to wait until maybe the second or third series to make sure that I've learned it because I think I have been – I don't know if fooled is the right word, uh, but I've been very impressed with a lot of first series for Notre Dame. And, and then it seems like when they get to the second and third series, things kind of drop off a little bit. Um, I'm going to, I'll tell you what, we, you and I will have a conversation at halftime and then we'll, I'll decide whether I think that they've uh, continued on, uh, you know, That's I'm sorry to interrupt sorry. you, Fitz. That's great. This is a great chat from Garrett Nutson. <laughs> <laughs> he says, <laughs> I'm a little short, JP. How about you spot me? <laughs> That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Vince. That, no, that's okay. Awesome. I am. I agree I with feel, you, though. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good about where this offense is going. I feel mm -hmm. good about, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I feel good about what Kelly said after the game about the fact that, you know, this is kind of who we are and this is what we want to build on and this is what we want to do. That leads me to believe that that's what they're going to do, but I still need to see it. And mm -hmm. I, I want to see it for a whole half, and I want to see it consistently. Uh, and if I do, then I'll be excited, and I will think that this is the right step for Notre Dame and that they're actually taking that step and that the next four games after Saturday are going to be really fun games to watch because if they continue to build on what, they, what we think they started on Saturday, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting you bring up what they've done in, in past games too, because you know, if you look at if you look at, for example, Florida State, they came out fast, pushing the tempo, spreading sure. the field, really almost the whole game. I mean, they did in a third quarter as well. Did it early against Toledo, had some success. And and as I said before, I think that that sack fumble on drive two changed Notre Dame. And then they come out against Wisconsin in that second series, and they, they kind of push it a little bit and have some success throwing the ball, and then they kind of went away from it. You know, it, so as you said, Vince, we've seen it at times where they've shown glimpses of it, but it's never been a full, you know, right? we're, we're going down here thing. So I, I, I think that's a good, that's a good conversation to have. I, I think what I'm saying is we're going to see it on the first series, and we're going to see it throughout. It can't just be a series or two thing. And and that's going to lead into the second thing we're going to learn is the offense ascending. So yeah. really starting, I, I would even argue we kind of saw a little bit of it in the second quarter against Virginia Tech. I think that when they inserted Tyler Buckner into the game, he the offense kind of got a little hot. You scored a couple times quick. That sparked Notre Dame. If you don't get those two early scores from Tyler Buckner – Jack Cohn doesn't have a chance to bring you back in the fourth quarter, right? But then we really saw it when when Jack came in and that carried into the USC game. And I thought they moved the ball well against USC. It wasn't great, but it was progress. But it's gotta it's gotta be the beginning of the next part, not necessarily, you know. So so yeah. 
are they ascending? Can they clean up some of the things that took points off the board last week? Can you know? Can Kevin Austin make some of those plays downfield when Jack Cohn gets Lorenzo Styles with a step on a corner? Can he lead them instead of trying to back shoulder it and giving that DB a chance to make a play? Those type of things. Can the offensive line execute at the level it did? And that's kind of the third thing that I, I'll get to. And it's these two things go together. Is is the offensive line genuinely improving? And that's something that is going to be a yeah. part two. So those two things together about the offense as a whole ascending and the offensive line ascending, we're going to find that out in this game because this is not a good North Carolina defense. But Notre Dame's had some struggles against some other teams that weren't necessarily great defense as well. I think those are the next two things that I think we're going to learn about this team on Saturday. Yeah, because I, I was I was pleasantly happy with the the play of the offensive line on Saturday night. I mean, again, there, there's things that you can you, you look, you're always going to be able to rip apart a, an offensive line to a degree and there's always going to be things Especially that, at Notre Dame because you always have like the 2020 and the 2017 and the 2015 absolutely. lines to hold it up to. That yeah. shouldn't have been the expectation for this team. You know, absolutely. So. And and Saturday night was not my expectation for this team. Saturday night was kind of my expectation for this team in game one Mm -hmm. (laughs) but now we've kind of gotten there by the time we get to mid-season and so they're still behind the eight ball for me but they are improving and if they can continue that improvement then that's fantastic and and that's what we want uh and again are they ascending if they continue to get better i think the left side is going to continue to get better i feel like those two guys christophic and and all i think those two are going to continue to get better you know, regardless of the the coaching or whatever, whatever you want to say, I think those two are going to continue to get better. I think Josh Lug has gotten better. Uh, he had some really bad games around their three and four area, um, and he's gotten better since then. And you kind of alerted me to that, and I appreciate it. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm still going to bang the left guard, and and we'll right talk guard. about that. Right, I'm, excuse me, I apologize. Right guard. Um, it's and, like, and, dang, what Christophe do to yeah, you, man? No, 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 I, <laughs> I love that kid. Well, on Saturday, <laughs> no, I love that kid. Um, <laughs> no, and, and but we'll get to that later. But again, is the group ascending? And I think that they are. But again, this game is going to tell us if that's the case. If they're continuously letting pressures in from the, this North Carolina front, then they got to go back. Yeah, to the or if they can't again. get movement at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, but again, with this line, as we've said all year, look, here's the thing we're not going to do. We're not going to just find reasons to be critical just to be critical, right? Right. Because the expectation for this line should not be what it was for last year's line or the 2017 line or the 2015 line. Right. As we've said all year, we're just going to – we just need to see this line just be just be solid because with the weapons exactly. around it – it just a solid line, especially against the defenses that Notre Dame is going to face here in the second half of the season. It just has to be solid. So, so we're going to find all that out here on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be another thing we're going to we're going to see early, and then we got to see it continue throughout the game. Uh, but, but that's something I'm I'm encouraged to see about yeah. about it because again, if Notre Dame's going to beat Virginia and beat Georgia Tech and beat Stanford they're not going to win 17, 14 games, right? They can't ask the defense to carry them week after week after week. Right. They need to kind of bring it, especially because it's not just about winning right now. To me, this game begins a stretch where it's not just about, you know, winning games. It's about what I've always preached, which is the process of playing to a standard and just beating a a one in six Navy or, a three and four Stanford team or a three and four Georgia tech team or a four and three North Carolina team, or even a six and two Virginia team that has a 20 point loss to North Carolina and a 20 point loss to wake forest. 
isn't the standard. It's are you playing to a level where you're playing to your potential? And that is is what we need to see. No question. I, I completely agree with that. And uh, we got a couple super chats that I want to throw up here before we kind of move to the next step. Uh, Mike uh, answers the call to JP. He goes, got you covered. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, and then JP jumping right back in and it's, says, Vince, uh, this is why I love our community. This is why I love our community. Yeah. Is it Knutson or Nutson? Do we know? I just went Nutson. That's okay. what I went I'll with. follow your lead then. He goes, Mr. Nutson, I got your back. Go Irish, beat North Carolina. Love it. Absolutely love it. So yeah. uh, appreciate you guys very much. Uh, very, very much. Yeah. Um, but no, I we do I, have I, a great crowd. We, we really have do. an awesome crowd, man. This is this is by far my highlight of my day. Um, you know, before I get to go hang with the family, so I appreciate right. I appreciate it very much, you guys. And and so let's get back on track. Same thing with the defense, Vince. The three yes. things that we're going to learn. It's not so much just about beating a four and three North Carolina team who stinks on the road. It's about playing to your potential. It's about it's about being the team you're supposed to be defensively. I think this is a great opportunity for us to learn a lot about Marcus Freeman. You know, what kind of adjustments is he going to make? Yes. Uh, what kind of prep preparations is he going to make? Can he look at, okay, we don't have Kyle Hamilton. Here's where our strengths are. Let's play to those. Will he play sort of a conservative bend but don't break alignment right. to not give up points? Or will he be more aggressive and take the, yeah. take the attack? And within each of those options, because I don't think either one of those options are bad. It's, it's about can you execute at a high level within those two options? I mean, Marcus uh, Clark Lee was very much a bend-but-don't-break defensive mm -hmm. coach, yeah. and it worked very well. Mike mm -hmm. Elko was much more of an aggressive sort of take the attack to the other team, and, and, and it worked. Marcus Freeman's kind of done a little bit of both this year. Yeah, but you got to make it work, and so yeah, can and you I put that game gonna, plan together to make it work? Yeah, and I think we're going to learn a little bit about Marcus Freeman, and and not saying bad or good. I'm I'm just saying we're going to learn a little bit more about him. You know, how do you adjust to not having the best player on your defense out there? You know what I mean? And and uh, I think we're also going to learn a lot about the the players. Who's going to step up when? I mean, it's. This is a, your back's against the wall a little bit right. when your best player goes down. Well, and that's kind of the next that's kind of the next two things on the what we're going to learn chart is the safeties. Yeah. I mean, what's DJ Brown and, and uh, Houston Griffith going to do? Right. Um, I, I'm nervous. And this is part of my concern with Marcus Freeman. I'm very nervous about the idea of putting Isaiah Pryor back there. How are they going to use him? Are they going to use him appropriately to his st skill strength? Or are they going to kind of go with the hey, we're playing the veterans? Because one thing we've seen from this defense this year. They haven't played young guys other than young guys that have already played or guys that they, they have no choice but to play a young guy. And and so you say, okay, at corner they're playing Ramon Henderson and Clarence Lewis. They're sophomores, but that's because the only other options they have are freshmen. And Clarence Lewis right? started half the season last year. More, but my, right? my point is yeah. he is the second or, you know, the I mean, he's one of the oldest guys that they have relative to the rest of the roster. And so they've been uh, – they haven't been overly fond of playing young players. True. Let's be honest. They haven't True. played Prince Colley. Uh, they haven't played Gabriel Rubio. That surprises me that he hasn't played a down yet this year. Yeah. Uh, the only young Watts guys they've either. really played are – yeah, we haven't seen Xavier Watts yeah. for, for however – you know, for as good as – so, so those kind of things concern me a little bit, and and this say we're going to put a guy like Isaiah, Isaiah Pryor at safety, and hope that he can be something that he never has been in his entire career. That, that concerns me, me as opposed to getting a young guy me. ready. So, but you know, look, 
will it work or will it not work? That's right. what we're going to learn. Yes. And, and of course, DJ and, and Houston have to play well. And then the same thing that kind of carries on to your point, Vince, is we're going to learn a lot about this defensive line. But it all goes back to point number one is how is the defensive line used? And so we can talk about all day about how talented the defensive line is. But if Isaiah Foskey's dropping in coverage more than he's rushing the quarterback, it you're taking away your best weapon. And so, so, and, and we'll dive more into that as we'll get into specific matchups. But those are the things we're going to, we're going to learn a lot about this Notre Dame defensive line. And we're going to learn a lot about the talent and safety because, again, it's not just about this season because Kyle Hamilton's not coming back next year. I don't, right. I don't think he is. Right. And there's people so, in the chat wondering if he's going to come back this year. I think he will. I mean, I, I hear people say that a lot. I don't have any reason to believe that Kyle Hamilton won't come back, especially if this team has something to play for. Yeah. I personally would not bring him back against Navy. I've already made that case. We'll dive yep. into that we more next week. That. But I'll be shocked if Kyle Hamilton doesn't play again. I, that's 100% fan speculation. And, and yeah. with all due respect, there's nothing the, that I've heard or anybody else that I know has heard about, about that. But, you know, I, I guess we'll find out. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That's sort of the what we're going to learn about this team. Now let's dive into the, what's going to impact this football game. And let's begin with matchups. I think there's a couple, two to three matchups on both sides of the ball that are going to have the biggest impact on this game. We're going to start with the offense. And, and this is going to be an outside receivers, Braden Lindsey, Kevin Austin, Lorenzo Styles, 
against the what I believe to be talented North Carolina cornerbacks. The cornerbacks of North Carolina are actually pretty good. Tony Grimes and Kyler McMichael. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, Kyler McMichael and, and Tony Grimes are both top 100 recruits. Uh, Kyler McMichael came from Clemson. Tony Grimes is, should have should be actually be just a freshman this year. He graduated early from high school, early reclassified, so he could be a freshman last year, and it's paying off for him because he has a year under his belt. Notre Dame picked on him a little bit in this matchup last year, and as we kind of talked about some of the young freshmen in Notre Dame, sometimes those early struggles as a freshman can make you better the next year. And I think, I think Tony's ascending. He's a he's still a young player, sure, but he's ascending, but. The, the outside receivers have been far too inconsistent for me this season. Some weeks, Kevin Austin looks great, or not great, really good. Braden yeah. Lindsay has his moments, and then other times they disappear. We didn't see a whole lot from Braden Lindsay last week. We, we saw Kevin Austin not make a couple plays he needs to make. Uh, will they step up? They have to play well. They're going to need to – look, here's the deal. They're going to need to do some things on the outside that – give them big plays that give them an opportunity to, to get the chunks. They're flat out going to need that in this game. So that's the first matchup for me that I'm looking okay. for. Well, I will skip to my second matchup then because it, it basically is very similar to what you have and we'll stay on the same page. I have basically just Kevin Austin versus the corners, Tony Grimes mm-hmm. and Kyler McMichael, because look, I, I think that that Kevin Austin is still maturing. Everybody has to remember, as much as I love watching him in preseason practice and, you know, how he is a specimen at wide receiver and all of those different things, he's he's basically a freshman as far as playing time is concerned. I I think people forget that a little bit since he's academically a senior. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's still learning and he's still maturing and he's still, you know, almost learning on the job, right? And he just needs to learn to be more consistent. And I think this is a great game for him to get back to being consistent. No no more of this ebb and flow, up and down, you know, dropping passes when it's important, you know, battling for those 50-50 balls and winning some of them. I realize in retrospect, people think that he caught that ball and it wasn't an interception. Don't make it that close. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. it was, maybe it wasn't. But don't give them that opportunity, right? Don't don't give the refs an opportunity to take the possession away from you. So I want to see him step up. And I think this is a great game for him to have that opportunity. I, I, and I kind of singled him out. I mean, you're right about the other outside receivers. You're absolutely right. But I've kind of got my eyes on him uh, because I think, number one, I think he needs to come back next year uh, to hone in what he's been doing. But I think he needs to start ascending now. We talked sure. about the offense ascending. I think a lot of that has to do with Kevin Austin. Who's going to be the alpha? It's okay to have an alpha at wide receiver. Yeah. He can be that guy. Yeah. I want to see that start. Yeah. Uh, somebody just sent a comment. Y'all say Austin is like a freshman, but don't have same standards for O-line. Austin is a senior. He needs to play like it. No, he's not. Because it's not the same thing. Because number one, if if Josh Lug would have been suspended and missed his whole second season and then got injured and missed his whole third season, then I would have a different conversation. I did not say that he's like a freshman. Vince did. I did. Okay? I said it. Yeah. I don't think he's like a freshman. I think he's more like a sophomore because he actually played as a freshman. He did a little bit, yeah. So so I will disagree with that. But the fact is, is he did not play the entire 2019 season. He did not play the entire 2020 season, because he, especially 2020, because he was injured. He didn't play. Josh Lug didn't miss an entire season of football. Zeke Carell did not miss an entire season of football. Uh, so... I'm sorry that that just doesn't fly. That that right. response doesn't fly. 
Uh, he doesn't need to play like a senior. He needs to play better than he has. Correct. And, and so, to me, I, I don't I don't think that's a, a valid response. For me, I think, Vince, you're still kind of looking at it from a big-picture standpoint, which I completely understand. Uh, you're allowed to do that. We don't have to be on the same page. For me, the reason I went with Lindsey and Styles is because these matchups I'm more concerned with North Carolina. This is a North sure. Carolina thing for me. You're looking more like yeah, ascending and, and, and totally agree with that. Yeah. For and and for me it's 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 about taking it to the to the next level for all of them. Somebody has to step up. If Kevin Austin doesn't play well, but Brayden Lindsay and John and, and Lorenzo Styles do or Deion Colsey does, then it doesn't matter if Kevin Austin doesn't play well in this game. Uh, so, so that's why I include all of them. If, if Kevin Austin plays great, then that's phenomenal, but it's about all of them. Uh, so to me, that kind of leads into my next matchup. Cause to me, this is a pass game matchup in a lot of okay. ways for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame can run, but they've got to, they've got to be successful in the pass game to really play the level that they need to play in this game. And, and that, I just feel like I said it the other day. I feel like it this way. I feel like this is a big Avery Davis game. Ooh, nice. And so getting Avery Davis in matchups against their safeties because the corners are pretty good. Like if if Lindsey and Austin and Styles or Colsey play well in this game, you will have earned that because I like the corners at North Carolina. I don't think they're the main problem. I think their scheme is a problem, and I think their safeties are a problem. And and it's going to tie in, and and I don't know what one of your other points will, but I need to tie it into my third point. That's fine to, to make this. I'm kind of all over my third matchup. Too, so. Tommy Reese versus Jay Bateman. Okay, so I I gotta I'm going to have some fun here. I'm not being serious when I say this, uh, but but um, you know I hung 600 up on Jay Bateman when I coached against him. All right, so I've set the the bar for Coach Reese. <laughs> all right, so when I coached against Jay Bateman back when he was at Siena and I was at at Duquesne. We put up over 600 on him, okay? Uh, we threw for almost 400 yards. I'm just saying, Coach, uh, I set the standard. Now let's live up to it. I, I think you need uh, to I, drop a note on uh, Coach <laughs> Reese's front door. I would like to still remain on his good side, so I'm going to not do that. Um, I'm having some fun uh, with that. The, the point being, this is a great opportunity for Tommy Reese to really show himself and and, and the smart coach that I, that, that I believe he is because – Jay Bateman's defensive scheme is very unsound. Uh, there's a lot of ways to use formations, motions, tempo, uh, different things along those lines, moving the pocket. There's a lot of different things you can do to create big play opportunities. And the one thing we haven't seen Coach Reese do a great job of, he's really good at stringing together plays. But where I would like to see him sort of take a, a page out of the Chip Long playbook is Chip was great at – okay, in this drive, there's this, you know, we have about four or five plays that we can do that we think are going to be big plays, you know, so like a, a, a rollout throwback, something like that, you know, a wheel, a wheel concept, something where he felt like by doing this, we're going to get a big play. I would like to see Coach Reese do that because I think this is a defense that you can do that really well against. And we saw, we've seen other teams do it, you know, where you use your formations, you know, put put Avery Davis backside by himself and put two receivers to the field and then motion uh motion a, another guy outside that causes North Carolina to have to overreact and then bam you hit him with the post or a seam or something like that. And so to me those are things that I want to see from him in this game they're going to tell me he's really 
taken his play calling to that to that next level. That's something that I that I want to see from him. And, and there's things you can do in the run game. There's all types of different things that you can do. This is a big opportunity for Tommy Reese to show me that hey, he's he's taking his game to the next level. All right, I'll dive into a couple more of mine uh, since you kind of you you rolled through yours, right? All three of yours. Yes. Okay. All right. So. You look, I mentioned that I was probably going to go this route on offense, and I and I went this route. Um, I have Kane Madden versus the interior of the defensive line for, for North Carolina, and here's why. I agree with you that this is going to be a pass-first game for the most part, and that has been Kane Madden's weakest point. Um, and so I want to see him step up a little bit. And I know that we've seen seven games, and maybe that's just never going to happen. Maybe it's not. Um, but I want to, I don't want to see him pass blocking against air. If there's nobody on you, help out the guy next to you, whether it's Patterson, whether it's lug, whatever the case may be, help him out, put, give him a little shove, but then stay set so that you can pick up. If you know, there's a slant coming or a twist or whatever, that's fine. Give, give one of these, you know, give one of these, whatever. Um, I, I need to see him step up. I do not want to see a situation where his gaps are getting, abused on a regular basis because I do think that North Carolina is going to play a lot of games. Uh, I think that they're going to test this offensive line. Um, look, there's going to be mistakes I'm sure made by all five of them, but I'm going to focus on 62 today and this weekend. And I want to see him step. Look, you're a sixth year senior. It's time to take control of this offensive line and, and be the all American that you are. I'll leave it at that. That's where I'm at with him. My third point is a is is kind of interesting. I think um, I went with Tyler Buckner versus the defense. I want to see what their plan is for Tyler Buckner. We talked about this offense evolving, and we talked about them taking it to the next level and building on what they did last week. We saw a defined game plan mm-hmm. for Tyler Buckner. I want to see that continue. But we're already talking about the fact that we think this is going to be a pass-first type of game, maybe an RPO type of game. Mm-hmm. It needs how, to be. How does yeah. that look with Tyler Buckner? You know what I mean? Like, right. is, and, and how is North Carolina going to play when he comes into the game? I, right. I think that's a big question mark right now. I think, I think we're all very comfortable with how Jack Cohn is going to play if they continue to do what we think the offense is going to do. I think we're all very comfortable with what he brings to the table. I want to see what their plans are for Tyler Buckner, right? right? Are they expanding the game plan? Is he going to be a run first guy not. still? I know. I, I agree not. with you. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I want to see his thing, his his uh, playbook expanded. I want to see – I love the RPOs with him in there and the fact that he pulled and went. I loved it. It was great. Uh, so I want to see some more of that. I want to see his defined role expanded a little bit and see him blossom a little bit more in this game because I think – this game and moving forward is a chance to really get Tyler Buckner some action and get some confidence and and really start working him and getting him ready if you think that he's the future of this team. Yeah, I just right now I still I'm focused on the now and I still don't think Tyler Buckner right now having an expanded game plan is what I want to see. I just I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm I'm high on Tyler Buckner, but I still believe this team is at its best when Jack Cohen's starting quarterback. I do playing too. an up tempo offense. So I so I don't think you can say that and then say, but I want an expanded role for Tyler Buckner. I don't I don't think I'm ready for that. I want to see him 
I want to see well, him perfect what they had him do last week first, which is just come. I mean, I think, and I think last week we did kind of see that we saw an expanded role from him based on what they did with him early in the season, which was just kind of going and run goes in and throws his first two passes. Sure. You know, I, I just, I feel like right now they need to get, figure out, they still need to figure out their main offense before they can focus too much on expanding their Tyler Buckner package. If you, if you're going to expand your Tyler Buckner package, just make him your starting quarterback. I still think there's a lot that we need to learn about the Jack Cone led offense, and that in this this weekend's going to be well, a big part. What of I that. what I want to see is I want to see honestly the package I want to see is I want to see Tyler Buckner in the red zone. Yes, hundred percent. I, but I want there to be options in the red zone. Sure. I don't want it to be thirteen personnel with him back there. Like, yeah, but I think you can go be... thirteen. But I think you can go thirteen personnel with him and get creative within that. Is my thing in the red okay, zone? Well, I, I want to see creativity in the red zone with him. I don't want to see the same thing over and over. That, Agree. That's what I'm talking Agree. about expanding. I Agree with you completely. His, yes. Within yeah. his skill set, or not skill set, but within his package, his or role. Whatever, yeah. His role. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that. And, and again, I just I don't think that necessarily means you can't go 13 personnel. I think if you're going to go 13 personnel, in Tyler Buckner's in the game, you could you're going to have more success throwing out of that with Tyler Buckner than you will with um, Jack Cohn. You're very limited in 13 personnel with Jack right. Cohn. Right, because yeah. he's not going to run. You can't boot. You, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot less you can do. Right. Got a couple things here before we move on to the defense. Bronx ND fan with a four ninety nine Super Chat. Thank you very much. For that. I still love his avatar. So clearly he got the ID hat from the store. <laughs> right. uh, so I appreciate that very, very much. And I appreciate you, uh, you being back. I'm glad that you're back home. And it is definitely... Definitely a big game this weekend. We also have a, a super chat from Beatsville. You two seem to be fine with the left side of the offensive line. So how does the weaker right side affect offensive game calling in your respective opinions? I wouldn't say that I'm fine with the left side of the line. I don't think one game against a bad USC right. defense makes me like they're arrived. They're the next McGlinchey and Nelson. So I, I guess I don't have that same level of confidence that, that Vince does with that side's good to go now. I, I think the whole line as a whole still has a lot to prove to me. Sure. One game against a team that we said had a bad front and a bad front seven outside of Drake Jackson doesn't mean that, you know, you've got it all figured out. I still right. need to see because this defense is going to throw a lot more at Notre Dame than USC did. A lot more stunts, a lot more twists, a lot more pressures. I, I'll i be shocked if, if, if North Carolina doesn't bring a corner fire in this game. Absolutely shocked. I'll be shocked. Left and and so that hasn't happened. Yeah, so uh, well, Virginia, Virginia Tech did. They brought a corner fire. That's right. Uh, Notre Dame That's threw a right. screen. They it blew up a screen. They yeah. threw a screen behind it. Uh, but uh, USC did not. Right. North Carolina is not going to just sit back and do what USC did. So I still have a lot I need to see from them. And also, we oh. need to see Kane Madden step up and play better. But I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the left side of the line is is there yet. I think the whole no. offensive line has and, to play better. And let me continue clarify, to play better. I'm not fine with the left side i am happy that they made the change and i think they have the right two guys there moving forward right That's now they I have to say. i got you okay now they have to continue to so you're just happy and... that they address the left side yeah you think they finally they have a combination that gives them a chance to be successful and if you'd have told me that they were going to change the offensive line i would have told you you were a liar and you were lying to my face you know at the beginning of the season i would have never believed it and they did it and so i got to give them credit right? right so i think that they are moving in the right direction again and somebody earlier said that uh you know about you know, uh, the offensive line being young or whatever. 
I give them a little bit of a pass on the left side because those guys are actually young. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not expecting them to be the McGlinchey Nelson combination of their final year at Notre Dame. That's not what I'm anticipating. So I do give them a little bit of a pass. Um, but again, they have to keep getting better, but I think these two guys will keep getting better. So I, that that's where my confidence lies. So let's go defense Vince. And um, I mean, this is, I guarantee you and I both have this one. Houston Griff, DJ Brown, and Isaiah Pryor against Josh Downs scares yeah. the ever-living snot yeah, out of me. Right. It's number one, actually. I know that you're shocked by that. Let's go. But... <laughs> Let's roll with it. Go. Tell, talk talk to me about that matchup. Because the one thing we talked about earlier this week is North Carolina does a phenomenal job of using formations and motions and shifts and different things to get right. Josh Downs isolated on safeties. You right. can't avoid it. You right. can't. And I, and I think you need to throw in Tariq Bracey into that mix, too. Uh, because I do think he's going to be involved in the plan for for downs, right? So, mm-hmm. but I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, they're he is going to stress the safety position the entire game. Number one, because that's what they do, and number two, because your best safety is on the bench, um, mm-hmm. and he, they're gonna they are going to force DJ Brown, you know, Houston Griffith, you know, Isaiah Pryor, as you mentioned, they're going to force those guys to play, and they're going to force those guys to play well in order to stop downs you're not going to you are not going to be successful defensively unless you have a game plan for downs mm-hmm. and your, your safeties are a huge part of that and yeah. so you have to have a plan you have to have a plan and whether it's you know bracketing or or you know rerouting or whatever you think you need to do you need to have a plan and it can't be the same thing over and over again because they right. will have a plan to counteract that plan right mm-hmm. so you, you need to be multiple in your plan to stop Josh Downs. Number two, Myron Tungvaloa and Jason Adamiola against the offensive tackles from North Carolina. Ooh, and the reason okay. I go there is because okay. I predict that Notre Dame is going to run a lot of three-man fronts. And Foskey's and, going to be at linebacker. And unfortunately, Foskey's going to be doing a lot of dropping into yeah. coverage on first and second down. I hope I'm wrong. I would yeah. much rather see them go three down with Foskey and Adamiola and MTA on the line together and put another linebacker or an extra DB or something on the back level. Can you imagine? I don't think they're going to do that on the line together. We've been talking about that all year and they haven't done it yet. So unless they've been holding it for this game, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm just going realistic. Okay. That means that Jason Adam Mule and Myron Tungville have to dominate on the edge. One of the keys to success last season against North Carolina was the ability of Dalen Hayes and Adi Takumba Ogundiji to just destroy the tackles in the run game. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember times where they would try to pull on Adi and he would just blow it up and just take that inside arm that that and just shut knock the guy back and like line of scrimmage set and they'd have to do a quick cut and the linebackers could just rally. He was so good against the run last year. And there was that one play, if you remember, where he did that and it was a third down and one, I think. It was third and short. And he did that and and I think it was Michael Carter bounced it outside and Adi chased him down and brought him down short of the sticks. It was just a phenomenal play. Yeah. They were great last year. And, and Isaiah Foskey had some good plays last year, last year too, uh, in, in some four down fronts. But you're going to need to see those guys be great against the run. Jason Adamiola, great against the run. Myron, great against the run. And then, of course, they need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. They didn't consistently put pressure on the quarterback last week out of the three-man fronts. Now, it's hard to do that. There's five dudes blocking three, right? right? right. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it's not an easy thing to do. That's not a criticism, but the reality is, is if that's the situation they're going to put themselves in, they have to put pressure on the quarterback because you can't let Sam Howell sit back like Keaton Slovis. 
you can't because this team will pick you apart and they will and he will take shots. He is an aggressive downfield thrower and he's a very good downfield thrower. If you let him sit back and get comfortable as much as Keaton Slovis did last week, he's going to be pick you apart cuz I think I don't think Keaton Slovis is very good. I'm saying that for 3 years now. I never have, yeah. Sam Howe's good. Right? He's he's a really good college quarterback. So they're going to have to pressure him. I hope that I'm yeah. wrong about just the three-man pressures and dropping eight. I hope I'm wrong about that. But if if I'm not, then it's imperative for those two guys to be really good at putting pressure on the quarterback and dominating the run game. I will say that my my second one, I had Myron and Foskey versus the mm-hmm. tackles. I, I did have that. I agree with your assessment that they're probably going to go a lot of three-front um somebody alerted me to the fact that Foskey has eight sacks and the record at Notre Dame in a single season is 13 I think it's 13 and a half why not let him just pin his ears back and go man like I, I he could dominate that total he could well, dominate. that's why I mean, that's why I don't have him on the list because it's not even a key matchup because oh not not because they're going to drop him but when he comes they're not going to be able to block him no I mean exactly nobody has yet he could have two sacks in this game and and be that much closer to this record. Well, and I'm not even as concerned as much about the sacks as I am about right. the consistent pressure of just Absolutely. not letting Sam Howe get comfortable. That's my bigger fear. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll we'll see what he does, but yeah, that's um the tackles just aren't great, and Notre Dame needs to be able to win that battle. And then the fine one for me is Clarence Lewis against whoever's matched up against him on a given snap. He's had a few rough games in a row. I mean Wisconsin, Cincinnati. Virginia Tech and USC, uh, four rough games in a row. Yeah. yeah. Clarence is better than what he's shown. Agreed. He, is. he was better last year than what he's shown this year. Uh, he's going to have to step up and 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 bounce back, and this would be the perfect game for that. He's seen this offense before. He's played against this offense before. I think that's something that should help him because, remember, he came in. This is, the, this is the game he came in off the bench for Tariq Bracey. Okay. And uh, – you know, he hasn't seen – I mean, he he didn't play against USC last year. He didn't get to play against Wisconsin last year. He didn't get to play against Virginia Tech last year because they didn't play any of those teams last year. And I'm trying to think of who – and he didn't play – so USC, Cincinnati, he didn't play last year. So usually a lot of times a sophomore is playing against people he's played against before. Well, because of how crazy last year's schedule was, Clarence didn't get a chance to do that. So this is a team he's played before. How is that right. going to help him? And and I thought he he had he got beat on one play he got beat on a, like a forty something yard gain Vince, but it was called back because of a penalty a holding penalty because the quarterback had like all day to throw he was actually pretty decent coverage early on but you can't cover all day, right? Uh, so I thought I thought Clarence played really well last year when he came in. We need to get back to him playing better football, and so they're going to go after him. There's no question about it. It's and he's going to have to hold up and not give up big plays yeah. in this game. Agreed. I think that's a really good one. Uh, my my third one, I just have uh, Drew White, Bo Bauer, basically the linebackers, um, and and I had I had versus Ty Chandler, but it's also versus Sam Howell. Uh, but I I will I will keep my since I wrote it down, I will keep Ty Chandler because I think it's going to be up to these linebackers to really shut down this run game and make North Carolina one dimensional. And I realize making them one dimensional still means Sam Howell has the has the ball in his hands and he can do some some things but then i added sam howell in there not because of his his passing but because of his running Mm -hmm. you have to be able to contain him and i think a lot of that has to do with the linebackers right don't 
over pursue. Don't peak when there's nothing to peak at, right? And don't turn your back on Sam Howell because he will score it out and he will start moving the chains with his feet. And I think that that's going to fall on the linebackers. Uh, and, and if they can contain Chandler in the run game and then keep Sam Howell from hurting them with his legs, mm-hmm. I think that this defense can be very successful against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I want to do this real quick for Tyler Reese. Uh, He asks, uh, please break down for me what 12 and 13 personnel mean. So we've done this in the past, but I know that there's like a lot of new people to to the channel. So this is a great, this is a great question, Tyler, because it allows us to just kind of remind some of the new, the new people that, that weren't here with us when we did this over the summer. So 12 and 13 personnel is essentially a personnel grouping. And so uh, most teams, not all, because some teams have like, they'll give them names. I, I coached on one team where our personnel was basically a, an animal name, like tiger package, you know, all those type of things. Most teams will give it a, a number and it's just sort of a traditional football thing. And essentially how it goes is the first number is the number of running backs in the form in the, in the personnel grouping. The second number is the number of tight ends. And then there is no third number because it's basically like, you know, there's five. Right? There's five linemen, one quarterback. This is for the skill players. And so 12 personnel means one running back, two tight ends, which would then mean two receivers. 13 personnel is one running back, three tight ends, and then one receiver. Uh, we've seen some 14 personnel from Notre Dame, one tight end, four, or one running back, four tight ends. We've seen 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, two receivers. We've seen, uh, I don't. Uh, maybe once 22 okay. we've seen 20 personnel which is two running backs zero tight ends which means three receivers and then Notre Dame's primary formation is still 11 personnel which is one running back one tight end one and one and then three wide receivers so that's what that means so just running back tight end yep. running back tight end is basically what that means uh as far as a personnel group so that way you know, I can explain to you what 12 and 13 mean, but I wanted to also kind of do the bigger thing. So that way, when we start throwing on 20 and 21, two formations or personal groupings, I hope we see this weekend. Uh, you know, we, we didn't see as much of that against USC, understandably so, because Chris Tyree was hurt. Yeah. But Brian Kelly said today that he should be back this weekend. Hopefully he is. Hopefully. And uh, we'll, we'll get to see more of that. But, but Tyler, very good question. And that's what that that's what that means. Before we go to the keys, because I know that's where we're headed next, mm-hmm. Brian, uh, some, they were talking about Blake Fisher coming back, and we haven't heard anything about Blake Fisher. Uh, yeah, Kelly coming. talked about that today. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, he talked about that today, and he said his recovery is going well, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean he'll play right. this year, is and what Kelly said. 
people are saying, oh, you know, you can play him four games and you can redshirt them. Look, Blake Fisher it doesn't need a redshirt. He's not no. going to be here for a redshirt. Okay, no. I just want to unless throw things that out don't there. go unless things don't go well. Right, and then he's not going to play anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, I don't believe a redshirt is even in the conversation with him. So correct. Okay. Moving um, forward, they will redshirt him just because you'd be silly not to redshirt well, him. But right. it, it won't matter, I don't think, at the end exactly. of the at the end of the day. Exactly. All right. So let's go to matchups, Vince. Let's go to offense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give my three keys. Get let you give your three keys, and then we'll go to defense. Number one, you got to start fast, and this is one of two ways. Uh, the first one is you either have to start fast because um, you need to keep up with them because they are going. They are scoring. North Carolina is scoring. Uh, you need to keep up with them, you know, like we saw last year, match them score for score. Or if your defense is making stops, your offense can then give you some distance. You know, so if, you, if you're able to make stops on two of your first three drives and the only time you don't make a stop, you give up a field goal and your offense can put three scores on the board, two of which are touchdowns, and all of a sudden you're up 17-3, that's a good place to be. You, what you don't want to be is only up 7-3 to three because you're also not putting points on the board if your defense is playing well. So no matter what you do, the offense has to start fast. Number two for me, your stars have to play like stars. Right. And and you could go to a different direction to say your your best talent needs to play like that's best talent. So, you know, your stars are obviously Kyron Williams and 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 Michael Mayer. They've got to be dudes. But I would also say guys like Brain Lindsay and Chris Tyree and and Avery Davis and Kevin Austin also have to be on their game because if this offense is going to get where it needs to get to, those guys are gonna have to be a big part of it. You can't keep asking Mayer and Kyron to, to carry you. Early in the season, they were doing a better job of that's what's kind of interesting. The offense is, is doing well, but we're not seeing some of the guys that need to step up really step up yet, which is why I still believe there's another gear for this team to get to. We haven't seen Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin really, truly have a breakout this season, in my opinion. You know, Kevin's had some good games, but he has yet to have a 100-yard receiving game. And so, I mean, I believe the only 100-yard receiving game this year from a receiver so far has been Avery Davis. So we haven't seen right. either one of those guys break out yet. It'd be nice to see one of them break out. And then my third is be aggressive. I mean, and that means start to finish. Come out aggressive. If you get a lead at halftime, stay aggressive. And and look, you can you can pull the you can call the dogs off in the last seven minutes. Okay. But if you're up 17 to 3 or 20 to 3 or 24 to 3 at halftime, I don't care how much you like Mac Brown. This isn't about you and Mac Brown. This is about establishing a mentality in your football team that is lacking that we don't let down. We don't let up. We we put pedal to the metal until that animal stops moving, right? You keep you, you know what I mean, Vince. And so, yes, I do. To me, that's the thing for me. It's be aggressive from start to finish. This team needs that mentality, and they need it really ingrained into their DNA. And they neither side of the ball has it. that right now, because both sides of the ball they've pulled back way too soon, too many times this year. You can't do that in this game. You have to go pedal to the metal, and you have to to hammer them and hammer them and hammer them until they stop moving. And and that's that's going to be the key. I used so many different like like little references there, and like a, so many like applied to me analogies to make that point. But uh, yeah, you got to be aggressive, start to finish. All right, one through three for me. Uh, my first one: tempo, start fast. I'm not going to repeat what you just said. That was my first one. Shocker, we had the same one. My second one is the offensive line needs to continue their bull market tendencies, which means they need to continue 
to get better. I'm not asking for monumental leaps, okay? I'm asking for continuous growth and, and, and just getting better consistently. That's all I'm looking for. And they've done that a little bit, right? But they need to continue doing that. They're knocking on the door of average, okay? That's what mm-hmm. I like to say. They're knocking on the door of average. They need to bust through it and, and, and get there, okay? Uh, so that's my second one. And the third one for me, and, and this kind of goes along with your stars being stars, uh, but I love what I saw from Kyron Williams, uh, obviously, in the last game. And I, I wrote down Kyron, Kyron Williams in all facets, yeah. right? Running the ball, catching the ball, pass protection, you know, whatever, okay? Kyron Williams is ascending. I think he's on a lot of people's radar right now. He just needs to continue being Kyron mm-hmm. Williams, right? Because he has the kind of personality that people are going to follow, And if we want this offense to continue ascending, I think a lot of it has to do with if Kyron Williams keeps ascending. If he keeps ascending, they're going to follow him. And and I Mm -hmm. I really do feel that way. He's an emotional leader on this team. They're going to follow him, you know, whatever analogy you want to use, right? Uh, But they're going to follow him, and he's going to continue getting better. And I I love what he showed on on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I I think he's just going to build on that. Yep. That's That's your three? Those are my three. Tempo, O-line, Kyron Williams. We'll go into the defense here, but we have a super chat from John A1 that kind of leads to that. Do you think we'll see a 3-4 defense playing a two-gap defense to stop the QE from leaking and blitzing all over the place with Pryor as your fourth linebacker? I wouldn't mind a fourth linebacker being Isaiah Pryor. I I could live with that if you use it correctly. Uh, I don't think that we would see that. I think, if anything, he'd be a third linebacker as opposed to a fourth linebacker. I don't think we're going to see a lot of two-gap except when we are in like when we see Notre Dame in third and longs, which are more of you're going to drop eight and you just want to make sure he doesn't take off running. I think that would be the only time. I don't think it's something we – I hope we don't see a lot on early downs. Yeah. Certainly, certainly would. Also got a super chat from Tyler Reese. Thanks for the explanation. You are quite welcome, and thank you for the super chat and for the question because like a lot of times, you know, we kind of forget that not everybody that is watching the show now was watching it you know, four months ago. So yeah. questions like that a lot give us the opportunity to kind of just once again explain things to people that that maybe got on got on lately. Uh, thanks for the explanation, in my opinion. Then we need to go 21 personnel with a lot of Williams, Tyree, Mayer, Austin, and Davis. Don't disagree. Yeah. Don't disagree at all. I, I would see I would like to see that mixed in with 11 personnel are my favorite formations for Notre Dame. And then occasionally when you need to give Michael Mayer a breather, I would go 20 personnel. And put right. a third receiver on the field. Yep. So I'm with you on that. So Vince, let's go defense here real quick. Uh, okay. My three keys for defense are, are simple. We're not going to talk a lot about these because we've talked about them so much in the past. Yeah. Yep. These past two games, uh, you got to control the line of scrimmage, run game, which means dominate the run game, pressure Sam Howell, and not and, and consistently. You can't just uh, Notre Dame could have four sacks of Sam Howell and not pressure him well. Because that just means you pressure them on four plays. Right. If you only pressure them on four plays and you get like three third down sacks or something like that, or a first down sack, but then it's first and 17 and you don't pressure them the next two plays, guess what? They're getting a first down because he will find somebody open. Right. It's about the consistent pressure. I want to see him on I want to see his his I want to see him on I was gonna say I want to see his jersey turn green, but that wouldn't happen because they're not on grass anymore. They're on field turf. But I yeah, want to see right. him on the ground a lot. I want to yeah. see him getting hit. I want to see him on the ground a lot. Uh, they have to tackle in space. And again, we talked about this yesterday. That's such a huge key to this game. 
And the third is one that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about what we're going to learn about this team and, and some of the matchups. Contain has to be good in this game. You, When you have a chance to get a loss, you need a loss. When you have a chance to you know, tackle a guy for a three-yard gain, you have to tackle him for a three-yard gain. So tackling and contain kind of go hand-in-hand hand yeah. yeah. in a lot of ways, but I, I wanted to make them separate because you can tackle well and still lose contain. If you're not gap correct, sure. if you're not disciplined within your schemes and those type of things, they have to not let North Carolina has to earn everything that they get. They're going to get the yards even then. You're not going to hold them to 250 yards, right? And if they do, the defensive coaching staff deserves a huge raise, okay? You're not going to hold them 250 yards, but you can still keep their points down by making them earn everything they get because they will make mistakes. You will be able to force turnovers. You will be able to come up with stops if you make them earn it, and that's gonna, that's the key for me. Well, my my are I've got one that's the same tackle in space. So I just check that one off because you just talked about that one, and it's it's vitally important. Uh, I you know you got to have a Josh Downs plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that that goes without saying. We talked about that during the matchups, so no sense in really diving into that one. He's their best offensive player um on the outside of maybe sam howell i get that mm-hmm. uh, but he's the one that can hurt you so you got to stop him right he's and, the most dynamic skill player right there you go right i appreciate thank you and then the final one for me it, it's it's more of a big picture one but it's who steps up i, I and that's what right. i need to know that's a key to this Who's well your key up? would then be somebody else has to step up like yes look kyle's out who is somebody it? has to step up, and it can't just always be Foskey or Adamiola. Right. Somebody that's Who's not normally a big-time guy has to step up and play that, well. That's exactly right. So that's yeah. my third one. Who's it going to be? Who's going to step up and show that they're willing to take this team, put them on their shoulders, you know, and, and dominate? That That's mm-hmm. a big question mark for me right yeah. now. Before we go to predictions, I want to throw this chat up here. Benjamin Weiss. Weiss I've been, we've been saying Weiss. I found out for him and his brother Gabriel. Oh. It's Weiss, so I apologize. Okay. Very good. Uh, you know who's going to eat Saturday? Foskey. Coaches are trying to turn him into a beast by turning him into the next JOK in the box. They do not know. They do not do that this week, I hope. I hope so, too. <laughs> Me, too. Uh, I certainly hope so, too. And then Benjamin also, I wanted to throw this up, too, because Benjamin uh, was the first person to show up to the tailgate last week. And so that meant Benjamin spent like a half an hour helping me get everything set up. So helping me put the tent up, helping me, you know, try to MacGyver the fight. He was doing most of the MacGyvering, the flag to, to hold up and, and help get the food set up. So Benjamin, again, thank you very, very, very much for your help last week, you know, because Vince was working at that time. So uh, he couldn't help out. And uh, I really appreciate you helping out with that quite a bit. So, um, so Vince. It's prediction time, man. Notre Dame versus North Carolina, number eleven. Notre Dame six and one against the four and three, but dangerous North Carolina Tar Heels. This is a big game for Notre Dame. We've talked about what's at stake for Notre Dame. We've talked about things that we are going to learn about Notre Dame, good or bad, from this game. We've broken down the matchups that are going to be the most entertaining to watch. We have also talked about the keys to success and the keys to victory. Now, it is put up or shut up time and neither of us are capable of shutting up so it's put up time it's It's time to start giving our predictions so we're going to start with your prediction vince give us your score prediction and tell us how you see this game playing out yeah so my my prediction is 34 uh 21 notre dame i i think that uh i was tempted to go higher with the point total for notre dame i really Mm -hmm. was I, i think that they have an opportunity to go higher maybe even break the 40s uh on uh, you know in this game 
I just I haven't seen it yet on a consistent basis, so I need to see it first before I'm willing to predict exactly what D Rock said. Forty yeah. score, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've got to see it first. I've got faith in this defense. I, look, I, I'm saying that North Carolina is going to score three touchdowns on Notre Dame. I think that's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, will they even get to that? I was thinking about going like a 17 in that neighborhood, but I was like, okay, you know, Sam Howell, Josh. Downs. I don't see them holding this defense right. to, to, to the teens two years and, offense to two years in a row. I don't. Right. And I was like, you know what? I think they're going to get in the end zone a few times. So I, I gave them three touchdowns, but again, I think Notre Dame outscores North Carolina. I think that mm-hmm. this offense is going to build on what they did last week. I think they're going to go up and down the field. I think they're going to get touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, you know, for the most part, I, I like this Notre Dame offense where it's trending. And I, th- I have faith, maybe it's blind faith, uh, that Brian Kelly and the offensive staff are going to continue to build on what they did. Uh, and so I see this team scoring some points. It would not surprise me in any way if they get into the forties, it would surprise me if they were in the twenties. Uh, based on what we saw on Saturday and based yeah. on what I've seen from this North Carolina defense. Correct. When we see some predictions from other people, Anthony L., uh, there were some predictions about 45-17, and he says, y'all are much more confident than I am. They're named 27-16. Uh, I, I get that. I get that. I think part of it is is Notre Dame was scoring 24 to 27 points against teams that don't have that had really good defenses. This is not a very good defense. And right. that's the thing for me. And by the way, Anthony, you asked me to put a long sleeve gap closer shirt up. I told you I'd have it within 24 hours. It was up within 24 hours. And yet I haven't sold that shirt yet. So I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> you asked me to put this up, buddy. You know what I'm saying? I did my uh, part. Now it's your part to step up to the IB merch store and uh and, and get it. that uh, long sleeve gap closer uh shirt. But for me, it's 3824. Um, you know, to me, I, I look at this as like, and Chad Williams has a score that's similar to mine. I could see a thing where North Carolina punches one in late to make it 38-30. I just, this, the searchers thinks there's going to be a lot of offense this weekend. I just, I have confidence in this defense is going to, I mean, they've played some good offenses and none of them have been able to score a bunch on this defense. I mean, the only team that's really scored a lot on this defense is Florida State. Yeah. And Toledo didn't score 29 points on this defense. They scored 22 points on this defense. Uh, Virginia Tech scored 23 points on this defense. Cincinnati scored 24 points on this defense. Now, this defense hasn't been like a lockdown, you know, knock your socks off group yet, right? I just haven't seen a team come out and just light them up, really. And and I don't think we're going to see that for 60 minutes in this game. I'll be disappointed if we do. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is they're going to do what they did last year. There's going to be some success early because, again, as we said yesterday, was it yesterday when we talked about the deep? Yes, yesterday. It can be challenging at first to get caught up to the speed of this kind of offense, not just the speed of their players, but more so the speed of the tempo and the scheme. We saw that last year. And then you kind of, okay, we've got a couple seasons in our belt. Now we, we, we pull them back. And, you know, I think the key for me is I think Notre Dame is going to have – I think I think the key, the, the difference between whether or not Notre Dame is going to have success the way that we think of it is going to be what we see on first and second down. And it's a perfect example last year that leads to, you know, that adjustment early. Last year on North Carolina's first 10 first or second downs, they had uh, 10 plays for 128 yards. Half of those 10 plays went for at least 13 yards. On their next 31 
first or second down snaps. And they scored 14 points on those two series. That was on two series. On the rest of the game, they had 31 snaps on first or second down for 112 total yards. They only had they had six plays of 10 or more yards the rest of those. So that means 25 snaps were nine yards or less. And I'm counting here, they had 13, they had 18 plays of three yards or less on first or second down. That's going to be a, just as big of a key this year as it was last year. I think eventually they're going to start playing well on first or second down. I think this coaching staff on defense has adjusted well in games for most of the season. And I think that eventually they'll get caught up and start to shut North Carolina down. The Notre Dame offense will clean up at least one of their mistakes from last week and add another touchdown onto the board is how I see it. So like instead of missing a field goal on the first drive, Kevin Austin catches that yeah. ball, they punch it in, and it's 38 instead of 31. That's kind of how I see it. If Notre Dame plays to its full potential, I could see this game being far more convincing. But, I mean, we're seven games through seven games now. I need to see that before I start predicting it. So that's uh, that's kind of my thing, and that's my prediction. We have some other predictions here, Vince, before we get rolling. Irish Joe is predicting that Marcus Freeman and the staff uh, pivot put themselves Man. in a position for huge pay raises with that win. <laughs> Love Tommy Gunn says, uh, first shootout of the year by Notre Dame standards. I would encourage you to – I would say that that would be the second shootout because that's only one point difference from what we saw against uh, Florida State. But, yes, first one since then. Sean Hunter, 38-27 Notre Dame. Old Grimm, 34-20 Notre Dame. Let's see here. Uh, Bill Kostrup, 34-17 Notre Dame. Tim Sully, 38-21 Notre Dame. Uh, J.P. Bulesfield. Uh, Notre Dame 2, North Carolina 0 in 10 overtimes. JP is predicting that we are going to have the worst rainstorm in northern Indiana history, which is how you're going to get to the 2 to nothing. So (laughs) I don't think we're going to see that one. ever. Yes. And then Neil Wachter, of course, is the complete opposite of that. He sees 48-46 in five overtimes. So uh, that is it. And then the last, uh, last couple. Let's see here. Uh, Chad Williams has a prediction for uh, the Michigan-Michigan State game. I'm only putting it up because he refers to Michigan as the Skunk Bears, which I always appreciate. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Curtis Hewitt, 48-17 Irish, but uh, put it up earlier, must have set, must have missed it. Notre Dame will score, in my opinion. Uh, Caleb Collins thinks Tyree is going to have a breakout game now that he's back. And then Rob Fitoff, 52-28 Notre Dame. So that is going to do it, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Mike Rudiger, getting his in late. Thank you, everybody, for showing up today. We'll be back. To, I'll be back tomorrow for a mailbag, uh, 12:30 Eastern. So we'll have that tomorrow. I answer all your questions about Notre Dame, Notre Dame recruiting. Um, I'm going to have some things that are going to go are going on at Irish Breakdown that I'm going to bring up tomorrow uh, that I'll start off with that I'm excited about, um, and then we'll dive into your questions. So we will have that tomorrow. I want to take the. I want to thank everybody for uh, for joining us today. I want to thank everybody for joining us all week. We had a pretty good crowd again today. Yeah, well, hopefully, today we have good. a good crowd tomorrow. Of course, we'll have a post game show on Saturday. We'll have our upon further review on Sunday. So before you leave, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, sign up for the Irish Breakdown message board. And for those that are still part of the show, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something fun here. So uh, I'm gonna do a giveaway. The first person that uh, the first person that signs up for an annual membership to the to the Irish Breakdown message board is going to get two tickets to this weekend's game. So if you Whoa. want two tickets to this weekend's game, the Notre Dame-North Carolina game, uh, sign up for an annual membership. The first one that does it is going to get that. And uh, 
That's yeah. Awesome. So, so that's what we're going to do. So and I, I'm doing it late. Cause I want to, you know, the people that leave early, you know, when you start to end the people that leave early, they missed it. You so did. we're going to do that. So if you sign up for the annual membership to irishbreakdown.com, you see the link below, you're going to get two free tickets to this weekend's game. So everybody have that's a great awesome. rest of your day. We will talk to you again very, very soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.